0: Alright, you ready? Yeah. Ready.
1: Wait, hold on. <coughs> okay, <now> I'm not ready.
0: <laughs> That's going in. All right. <laughs>
1: I promise. I'm so ready to see the dorkiest side of you
0: I've yet to marry. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all genders, tonight, this podcast proudly presents to you, it's soon to be, number one wrestling podcast in the world, the know-it-all Beanie, the Me, Julia L.T.R. That was adorable. Thank you. (laughs) That is what it is going forward. Uh, welcome to Learn the Ropes. Uh, this is a show where I help my fiance slash soon to be wife uh, try to, yes, that's, that's me. her, uh, try to understand <laughs> the world of professional wrestling. Uh, and then along the way, we'll talk about some history of the graps, key famous and infamous wrestling events, and try to keep up with the current landscape of the wrestling scene. I somehow convinced her to do this with me.
1: Uh, <laughs> what do you mean somehow? We've been talking about this for ages now. I know, and
0: I finally decided to pull the trigger.
1: I mean, I feel like this is forced learning in the most positive environment. It's not just, hey, sit and watch this. We're actually going to have like a discussion about it, and I'm excited.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, the, the main thing that really was the catalyst for me to do this was the big news of AEW decided that they're running a show at Wembley Stadium in London, and that is a huge crowd, it's gonna be their biggest crowd. And so I was like, this is gonna draw a lot of fans back and maybe even draw new fans. So I was like, we need some assistance maybe for for newbies and people that might have fallen out and need a quick refresher. So. I'm one of those. Yes you are, you are definitely one of those. And we (laughs) should talk about who exactly you are. You know what, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I guess the best place to start is the introduction, so ladies first.
1: Oh, that's me.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, Who are you?
1: (laughs) My name is Julia, and I know. (laughs) Hi, Julia.
0: (laughs) Yes, and and, uh, so how how much wrestling do you know?
1: I know the bare minimum to hold a conversation with someone who's remotely interested in wrestling.
0: Okay, yes, and that's usually me. And you go, what did I, and then your eyes glaze over after 10 minutes of me just spouting random facts. I (laughs) do
1: love every word you say. It's just a lot of information that I have no way to tie back to my brain.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, So along (laughs) (laughs) with me kind of like, you know, having it on a lot, uh, wrestling, uh, do you have a current favorite wrestler that you've seen?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Surprisingly, I do have a favorite wrestler. Um, I feel like I should preface – before we started dating, I used to laugh at people who liked wrestling. I know, and look how far we've come. Be- <laughs> because I didn't understand it at all. I've at least gained an appreciation for it. And now I like one of the most exaggerated wrestlers, two of the most exaggerated wrestlers I've ever seen. So my current favorite, who I loved from the very beginning, was freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Yes. And I... I think it's because of the laid-back attitude, <laughs> yes. the almost making fun of
0: professional
1: wrestling at its finest.
0: He's there to get paid, and that's the bare minimum that he can do. And It's the jean sweatpants for me. <laughs> that helps. The jean sweatpants, <laughs> the drawn and in sharpie uh, intro where he says, put a cool move here to show to people, and it's just that. just His whole... Idea of him is great of people understand that he is kind of somewhat of a joke character, but people love it because he knows that he is a joke character kind of. And I think Mm -hmm. that definitely helps.
1: And then my other favorite current wrestler, which has been a very back and forth thing for me, I like all of a sudden have decided that he's like within my top. Oh, I just remembered more that I like. We'll we'll stick with these two for now. Okay. So this man, I was like, I hate this guy. I do not like him. I cannot stand him. He's obnoxious. He's loud. I've never seen this guy wrestle once. Why is why the heck is he so popular?
0: And I know exactly who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um. And then recently they showed a match where he's in his home turf and the whole crowd yeah, is a, just going absolutely nuts for him. Yes,
0: it was the uh, the promo for him. I don't think he actually he hasn't had a match since the last pay-per-view. But yes, it was a promo for celebrating his day in his hometown.
1: Yes. Um anyways, this is MJF. <laughs> Jacob Friedman. And yes. <laughs> thank you. I could not for the life of me remember his actual That's name.
0: Why I'm here. <laughs> um and then uh yeah, you mentioned that there are others that you like too. I know for a fact that uh, those are your those are up there for you. I know Orange Cassidy's your favorite. I know you really like Becky Lynch. Yes, and I, I think you also enjoy Bianca Belair.
1: I do. It's I love her attitude. Mm-hmm. She's just like complete boss lady, and I want to mm-hmm. be her friend.
0: Yes, the EST of WWE. The fastest, yes. the strongest, the quickest, everything. And she's great um but yeah and and Becky Lynch is really pretty she is very pretty but she's also
1: strong af yes she is I want to be her
0: and hey she's a mother so shout out to women it's great another reason to be strong af exactly um (laughs) uh, so and then from the stuff that I've shown you is there anything that you don't enjoy when you watch wrestling
1: um yes I don't like the promos
0: you're not a fan of the promo work.
1: No, I don't like when they cut to do all the smack talk. Um, one, I'm not invested in their backstories yet. That's fair. So none of it makes sense, and it's just obnoxious to me right now. Um, so I'm hoping I can have a better appreciation for the promos, because I know that's like 80% of the work, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, if you don't know how to talk on the mic, it's very difficult to make it into any wrestling company. Because you you could be best in the ring, everything like that. If you don't know how to uh, talk to the crowd, it's not going to go
1: well. I want an example of someone who's a famous or who could have been a famous wrestler, but could not for the life of them get PR down.
0: I would say early Brock Lesnar. Really? Yes. So there was a reason right away they gave him Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was his essentially like his manager that would walk out to the ring with him. Mm-hmm. And he would be the one that cut the promos. He would be the one hyping the matches. He would be the one t- uh, talking down Brock's opponents and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Recently, Brock has gotten a lot better. He's a phenomenal person on the microphone because it's kind of a carefree, I'm here to just have fun attitude now. But he just recently attacked Cody Rhodes. Uh, oh. And they're having a match in a couple weeks and so that's what's going on there at the time of recording um because <laughs> that's that's the one caveat to with having a wrestling podcast it is an ever-changing world it's hard to keep up and but we're just here to have fun with it and i think that's what is good about us having this mm-hmm. between us right now
1: i might be able to actually stay current uh which is A hilarious concept for me because I feel like it's endless amounts of information Mm -hmm. that I'll never be able to keep up with.
0: Right. Yeah. So I guess I should talk about myself a bit. (laughs) Uh, My name is Bainey. And I have, and I wrote this down and it's scary. I've been a fan of pro wrestling for almost 20 years now, (laughs) Uh, which makes me feel... Very scared. Uh, that that's the way to say that.
1: I'm not sure if I've been a fan of anything for 20 years, so honestly, it's impressive by itself.
0: Yes, I I will say that, like most general wrestling fans, I was a huge fan for many years. I got to middle and high school, fell off with the product because I was just like it's. it's not it's, it's not good. It's <laughs> it, it's not real. And then like end of high school when I got into college, I was like, it also helped that my nephew was getting into it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I I was a fan of this. Let me connect with him. I took him to a couple shows. We had a a blast with that, and it dragged me right back in. And I've been a fan <laughs> e- again ever since. Very hardcore fan. Keeping up with the news uh, with the titular dirt sheets, uh, which is something as well that we might cover. But I will say we pr- will try to stay out of the rumor mill as much as possible when it comes to wrestlers' real altercations and backstage infighting and stuff like that. Like, unless it is a big enough story for us to cover, like, we won't do like minute things mm-hmm. like that. For me, Uh, Right now, I'm a huge fan of what Rhea Ripley is doing. Uh, She is the current SmackDown Women's Champion. She is, uh, as I have said uh, during WrestleMania, and you're like, I don't get it. She's the goth mommy.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) who you're talking about. I remember seeing her. She's a phenomenal
0: wrestler. She's a wonderful wrestler.
1: I agree. She was very good in the ring. I just don't get the hype of Goth Mommy.
0: Okay. Well, hey, teach their own. I am um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also a huge fan of Eddie Kingston and Ricky Stark over in AEW and Ring of Honor. And then my original go-to guy, when I first became a fan, was Batista. I was a huge Batista fan. That, of course. Uh, so, do you you know who Batista is?
1: Does Batista have a first name?
0: Uh, Dave would be his first name, and that would be Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh! There you go. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, that's basically covering us to start. Uh, We're going to be your hosts through this magical journey. I teach Julia as much as possible and hope she retains every minute detail ever.
1: That's going to be the key here, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Am I going to retain Any of it, we'll
0: see. (laughs) Um, so let's cover a big basic that one has to understand to kind of appreciate the art of wrestling. Wrestling is scripted. I so, so I do want to, I want to pull the band aid off right away. The what is that real? (laughs) How could you? Uh, yes, um. So the the whole idea of like these people hate each other. He set his house on fire. Like the, the things like that is scripted. Uh, there are many storylines that happen. Uh, however, the athleticism is very real. That I have come to appreciate. Yes. Uh, so you need the strength to throw your opponent, and you need that dexterity to twist your body through the air to land that splash, and, and sometimes midair. Yes, and midair, which is impressive. Yes, you have to trust your opponent as much as you need to be able to do these moves. They're there to also make sure you're not getting hurt within the ring. Right. So, and there's also one term that we should cover uh, that I might say every once in a while that is somewhat known to more hardcore fans, and I wouldn't say average viewers, because who's to say? (laughs) That term is kayfabe. That's one that will come up a lot.
1: Oh, I'd have to try to remember what, you've told me what this means before. Yes. Um, is this the real life part of it or the storyline part of it?
0: Well, I'll tell you. Ah! <sighs> Kayfabe is the term in the wrestling industry that refers to the events portrayed being real. So, this is suspending disbelief within the non wrestling aspects of the promotion. So, the storylines, why the two wrestlers are fighting, and the wrestling gimmicks themselves. Specifically, like the wrestling gimmicks, you have the fiend Bray Wyatt that you are not a fan of because you don't like spooky stuff
1: i don't like is that the lantern guy yes oh yeah i don't like him at all he scares the crap out of me
0: yes i understand that but you have so kayfabe is like you have to believe yeah he has this weird firefly fun house where he is a television host for like a kid's tv program that is like Corrupting souls and stuff like that. The Undertaker is an actual dead guy. The King <laughs> is literally the devil's favorite demon. You have all these things. You have the literal boogeyman for, for like, all of,
1: uh, the actual custody battle yes, that occurred see, in one the thing ring. That and, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was so funny when you yes, tried to that, explain uh, that to that me. Being,
0: uh Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Uh SummerSlam. I wanna say oh. F- Four? I, I always forget what year it was, but it was the year, that was my first ever pay-per-view. And I remember the the custody battle ladder match for, for Dominic Mysterio. Uh, <laughs> gosh, it was so silly. It was SummerSlam 2005. That's what it was. Uh, so SummerSlam 2005, the custody ladder match battle. That was one of the first matches I ever remember watching for a pay-per-view. So it stuck with me. That's amazing. Which is great. So with, with kayfabe out of the way, uh, let's get to some of the basic stuff. And there's one point in here that I actually wrote that I looked up just for you because you were okay. confused when we were watching a match the other day. And so I looked it up for you and I actually, we're gonna talk about it today.
1: Oh yay, I get
0: answers. Yes you do. So let's cover the basics. So to start, I really want to cover basic moves. that you'll more likely see in almost any wrestling match. More often than not, most matches will start with what's known as a collar and elbow tie-up. This is a kind of a feeling out process between opponents. You place your left hand in a collar tie position, which is you grab the opponent behind the neck, And you then hold the opponent's right arm at the elbow. So you're both kind of, like, in the same position, kind of, like, holding each other there, kind of, like, the feeling-out process of what exactly is going to go on throughout the match.
1: (laughs) Both people try to do the sprinkler dance at the same time, but actually make contact with each other. (laughs) That
0: is a good point. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> she did the sprinkler. Another one that I really like. It's called the Irish Whip. You take your opponent by the arm and you throw them either towards the ropes or one of the corners into the turnbuckle. Ow! Kind of in a slingshot fashion. So, like, if you throw them into the ropes in a slingshot, that's how they like they turn, they bounce back, and they you're able to do more moves that way. Mm-hmm. It's a setup, even more moves. These are all just setups <laughs> that is common in every single match. The move got its name uh, from Dano O'Mahony, uh, who was a pro wrestler from Ireland.
1: I was about to say, Uh, this sounds like the least Irish person to come up with this, but I stand corrected.
0: Dano O'Mahony was his name. He was a pro wrestler from Ireland that wrestled in America from 1934 to 48. So we're going way back, almost 100 years. Huh. And his signature move was the said Irish whip that he would do in every match. That's what he was known for, and it gained popularity from there.
1: I'm sorry, wait. How old is professional wrestling?
0: Oh, it's so old. And by so old, I mean it's like 1900s, like maybe okay. even er, like late 1800s, like 1890s, 1895s onwards. It was more of a carny attraction at sideshows. Um, and like they were like, we have this tough guy. Can you tackle him to the ground? <laughs> and then from there, it like went into like we'll have this like scheduled fight. Let's see who would win. And like they would bet money on it and everything. But then they were like, hey, we can start fixing these fights. We can start saying traveling with these same people and be like, hey, you're gonna win today. You'll win tomorrow. Everything like that. And that was like the first booked match, and it just steamrolled from carnies and sideshows and people like people are coming out for these shows let's monetize this let's make this its own thing and then that's how the american territories were formed that those were the origins of the american territories before the huge amalgamation of the wwe in the united states
1: you said american territories and i immediately thought like 13 colonies i'm like wait a minute hold on back up
0: (laughs) yes uh so we will definitely cover the origins of pro wrestling. Okay. Something. I That is like a history lesson and I know you're not the biggest fan of history so I'm just covering the <laughs> the ma- the types of moves and, re- and types of wrestlers that you want to see for today.
1: For you, I'll be a fan of history on whichever episode <laughs> it
0: is. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Alright, the next move that you'll see a lot is a couple moves back to back that is known as quote the international it's also known as the universal um and so it is a string of things put together so it's and elbow tie up and then a person gets put into a headlock so person wraps their arm around the entire person's shoulders uh you then get backed up into the ropes you throw your opponent across to the other side they drop down to the mat in front of you, in front of your opponent, so they have to jump over you. When that opponent springs off and back, they leapfrog over the opponent, and then it leads into something else. Th- this is seen in almost every single match.
1: I feel like I've never seen this.
0: You definitely have. You definitely have.
1: <laughs> I probably just have no idea what I'm looking for. Okay. You'll have to point it out next match.
0: Yes, I definitely will. Um, and then so... It got this name because no matter where you're wrestling in America, Mexico, Germany, India, England, you can perform this move with another wrestler and they'll know what's going on. Hmm. It is widely known as like, it's an easy spot. The crowd knows what's going on. They, they're they like, okay, that'll lead to this, then this. They can follow along and see this. Like bait. It's still a, a part of the feeling out process for the wrestlers and for the crowd to see what the energy levels are going to be.
1: When you say feeling out, are you saying, like, wrestler to wrestler or, like, trying to figure out where the crowd's energy
0: is? A little bit of both. Usually they'll have a game plan before, like, backstage before they go out to wrestle. But sometimes they might have to come up with moves on the fly. They might have an idea that they come up with on their way down from the entrance ramp. And then also, maybe the crowd's not into it too much. Maybe... They get into that collar and elbow tie up and they're like hey we need to do something to 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 bring up the crowd let's do a huge move got it let's do it we'll set it up this way all right international and then we'll go to it and then like and so that's a big thing with the collar and elbow tie up as well they're able to talk to each other right there right because they're so close to each other's heads exactly and they're able to whisper it so they so it doesn't really get picked up by the crowd and everything like that Hmm. another one that's not as fun uh and kind of a lull in matches but it makes sense why they do it, is a headlock or rest holds. These are usually used by the heel or the bad guy of the match. Uh, We'll cover more of that in a later episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This move allows wrestlers to catch their breath in the middle of the match because you can do all these amazing moves back to back. You're going to need oxygen. Uh, So that's where uh, these rest holds allow them to quick, like... Suck in as much air as possible to gain back stamina.
1: I actually really love the positioning of this one because they purposely put the windpipe in the crook of the elbow, so that mm-hmm. you have complete movement within your to like breathe.
0: Yes, but it looks. But it looks like, like, you're, like you're trapped. I'm hurting them? Yes, yes. That's uh, something so I in-
1: learned in a self defense: is if someone has you in a headlock, immediately go for the crook of the elbow because you'll be able to
0: breathe. Right. In kayfabe, hey, okay, see, told you I was going to use it. Yeah. In kayfabe, this is used to somewhat tire out wrestlers by uh, receiving the hold, so by squeezing, squeezing the head or waist, uh, making it harder to breathe. Essentially, like so is they're it using more oxygen?
1: So is it like they're flexing to make it look like they're squeezing? but they're actually not moving their arm
0: a little bit. Yeah. It's uh, they'll, they'll like they'll do like wide range of motion or they won't apply pressure, but it looks like they are. Another big one that you'll see is like, like a bear hug type hold where like they wrap their entire arms around the opponent and it looks like <laughs> they're squeezing the lungs and like squeezing their midsection. So it's like, they're, they're trying to make them breathe harder. They're trying to do all this stuff in kayfabe and everything.
1: <laughs> That's about when I chime in, I go hug, <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that happens every once in a while that's true <laughs> it's like oh they care about each other great <laughs> they're friends I see? love you too man yeah it's great <laughs> also a big one is what they call signature moves uh, signature moves are moves that are common in a wrestler's move set and repertoire Uh, usually this is seen as a powerful move or unique move to the wrestler and will sometimes be a way for the audience to know that the match may be coming to an end
1: like it's like not a finisher but like maybe like a pre-finisher
0: yes uh, or it's something that a wrestler uses a lot that they are kind of known for so a big one is Roman Reigns has the Superman punch where he like does like a jumping punch across the jaw you have john cena has one called the five knuckle shuffle which (laughs)
1: what a great name
0: yeah it's a euphemism for masturbation uh then kenny omega (laughs) yeah yeah. uh uh, he got away with it and it's still called the five knuckle shuffle to this day
1: is that really a thing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: oh well i didn't know that (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. kenny omega has uh what he calls the v trigger which is a knee strike Eddie Guerrero had uh, the Three Amigos suplexes. Becky Lynch has the Bexploder, which is an exploder suplex, usually into... It used to be into a corner, if I remember correctly, or I might be mixing that up with Sami Zayn. But the list goes on and on. Orange Cassidy has a few. like He has a, a tornado DDT that he does a lot, where he'll jump from the top rope and spike somebody on their head. So you'll usually see that in almost every match.
1: We'll talk about like what some of these... Um, moves are like so you say like DDT and I know that means
0: uh. I actually forget what it stands for but that is like somebody's head like uh, we're face to face I bend you down put your head between my arm and then fall backwards so you land head first ow yes that's a DDT that's a DDT that oh. move was popularized by Jake "The Snake" Roberts. That was his finisher that he created originally and it was by accident. We can get into that later. Um that's a great story.
1: Oh. But you'll then, talk about like what some of these things mean. Like you say suplex and I'm pretty yes. sure that's where you like throw someone over but
0: I don't know which direction mm-hmm. and with what technique. Yeah, um, no, of course there's uh, I will definitely cover those because there are plenty of different kinds of suplexes as well. Um, there's just your regular suplex, back suplex, German suplex. Like, there's plenty. There's a lot. (laughs) Belly-to-belly suplex. There's a lot. It's impressive. Okay. (laughs) The look of confusion (laughs) on your face, it's impressive. So uh, you mentioned it uh, just a second ago. Uh, Finishing moves or finishers. We're in the end game now. The finishing move or finisher. uh, It's mostly unique with each wrestler, and then will have its own unique name. If the move is also used by more than one wrestler. How I mentioned Roman Reigns has that Superman punch. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy has the orange punch. It's the same thing.
1: That's funny, though. Yes. He should have called it like Orange Crush. I wonder if there was a copyright I think issue. They,
0: he might call it Orange Crush, but I think it's just orange punch. You have uh, Brock Lesnar's big move is called the F5. Where uh, he has somebody on his shoulders and, like just like tosses them in like a spin out move, that makes sense. There's another wrestler that does a similar move, but like does it standing up, and he calls it the f ten because show that it has more of an impact. <laughs> yeah, does, do um, those
1: two people like have beef,
0: or is I don't it completely so. unrelated? It should be I think it's completely unrelated. It's just a similar variation of the move, and they're in two different companies. The person that does f ten is. That's oh, Wardlow. That's Wardlow I and AEW.
1: I didn't realize they were in two different companies.
0: Yes, uh, th- some some might be in the same, some might be different. It all it all depends. Okay. That F five by Brock Lesnar. That is how John Cena got his finishing move right now, which uh, is where he has a person above and he throws them like over. Uh, they call it now. They call it the AA or the Attitude Adjustment. Back mm. then, when he had developed the move, to compensate or to kind of make fun of Brock Lesnar's F5, he called it the FU and <laughs> did that. And it was just like, that's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> that's honestly hilarious. Yes.
1: When you say John Cena current, does he actually count as current?
0: Yes. I I would, I say he now calls his current finisher because, he did wrestle earlier this month. He wrestled at WrestleMania. Um, yes,
1: I feel like that's more like a guest appearance though at this point cuz yeah. he's At this point, not this point, an active wrestler much, anymore, right?
0: He's pretty much part-time at this point. Um he's become the thing he hates. Uh but uh, An actor? A uh, part-timer. <laughs> <laughs> is is that a thing? A part-time wrestler, yes, That's a thing where they'll only show up for No, a I couple mean like does there. he
1: hate part-timers?
0: There was a uh, there was a whole thing uh, where he called out The Rock for being a part timer. Oh uh, my God!
1: I just got John Cena and The Rock mixed up.
0: I you have do a, this all. The I time.
1: know it's really bad. They're like two of the most one of the most like famous pop culture wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like famous like Andre the Giant, famous. Yes. And I should really know the difference between these two at this point, but I only see. Uh, John, I don't. I can't even picture who's. Him.
0: It's okay. No, it's fine. No, yeah. One is a really good actor in Hollywood, and the other is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And
1: which one it, was Fred's dad?
0: That was John Cena. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you pull. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's be honest. What else have I seen that he's in? Oh gosh. I'd have and we to add a, that up.
1: a long silence because we can't think of a single thing.
0: going to make me pull up his IMDb. Hold on. <laughs> this is our podcast. I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, no, you didn't watch that. You didn't watch that.
1: I feel like Vicini where he's, <laughs> where he goes, I'm waiting. <laughs>
0: I, <we're>, I'm waiting. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he, uh, I don't think you would see him in anything, unfortunately. Um, just he, Fred. Just Fred. But he is also in another DC movie and TV shir- series. Uh, he was in The Suicide Squad. And oh, I'm never watching is, that. And he is Peacemaker. That's the character that he plays. It was very, he does a very good job with that. But yeah, so that's basics for the finishing move. And again, this is, this will usually be the strongest move that the wrestler has and will most definitely be followed by a pinfall, Uh, a pinfall or a pin.
1: Can I make a guess? Yes. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. It would be more funny because the crowd would be like so into it that you could hear a pinfall. But this is usually where the crowd is like the absolute loudest.
0: That is true.
1: It's like the exact opposite of what I could have guessed. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's okay. So pinfall, both shoulders on the mat in the ring. A one, two, three count by the referee.
1: Unless it's something special, right? Unless it's Sometimes something special. Sometimes there's others.
0: Yes. Uh, but usually, it's, yeah, ding, 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 match over. Your winner is whoever did the pin. Me. Um, it was you the whole time. It was uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> but along with pinfalls as well, a kickout could follow before a ref gets a three where a, a wrestler moves one of their shoulders off the mat to break the pinfall count.
1: Not the same thing as a kip up, right?
0: No, a kip up is... I said kick out, not kip up. K-I-P for kip up. K-I-C-K for kick out.
1: (laughs) One is where you like start from the ground and literally like hop up on your feet, right?
0: That's the kip up. Oh, okay. (laughs) The other is your kicking out of a pin attempt.
1: (laughs) Look, I didn't say I was by any means going to be any kind of knowledgeable about this.
0: And that's what I'm here for.
1: Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, if they kick out, the match usually continues. Pins actually come from amateur wrestling, so it makes sense for it to be brought into the professional world. It's just a variation of amateur wrestling pinfalls, where it's the ref doesn't like in an amateur wrestling match. The ref doesn't go one, two, three. They they like look. They set a certain amount of time in their head, and then they go pin, and then that's the match. <laughs> Wait, what? It's uh, Pinfalls in amateur wrestling are different than pinfalls in professional wrestling. Amateur wrestling, like the singlets with the headgear and the mouthpieces and everything, where if you have your opponent's shoulders on the mat and their back on the mat, the ref will check the shoulders, do a count in their head, and then after a certain time, they'll tap the mat once and say pin, and then that'll count as a pin. Really? Yes. Whereas professional wrestling... They'll check the shoulders on the mat as well. They're getting a bit better with that in WWE and everything to make it look more realistic. Mm -hmm. But then that's when they'll go one, two, three, and like for a three count.
1: Do they do that to be more dramatic? Yes. Because it's always really exaggerated, and they don't count on tempo. And
0: Okay. Each ref is different, but they try to stay the same within the company. Can you tell me one of the other ways that you can win a match? Um... Uh, knockout. Knockout's a good one. I actually didn't cover that. Um, but yes. Yeah, so yeah, if you can't make it to a ten, or like the ref just calls for stoppage, uh, that's actually a more common. thing. DQs. DQs are one as well. Yeah. So DQs or disqualifications. Wrestler does something that's not permitted in the match, or another wrestler gets involved that's not a part of the match, rules permitting. Rules permitting means like if it's like a no disqualification match or a 2-1-1 handicap match or something like that what wrestlers do that aren't permitted match that could be anything from a low blow in uh male matches where they you know hit the gonads or something usually a kick or maybe like an uppercut to to the grundle Um, (laughs) the grundle (laughs) yeah the perineum if you want to get scientific with it um para with
1: paraheums
0: of nuts, uh, hitting the wrestler with a foreign object like a steel chair, uh, that's usually will end in disqualification or not listening to a referee to break a hold after a five count. If you have somebody in the corner and you're just pounding away at them and anything, and the re- referee has to tell you to break out because they're technically touching ropes, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll cover in a second, <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, that you have a count till five for to break that hold, or to stop that move. If you do not, the referee will call for you are disqualified from the match because you're not listening. Uh, it is referee's discretion, of course, per each match, but you're not listening to the officiant in the match.
1: Would not coming back into the ring after they've started counting to 10 also count as a DQ?
0: Yeah, I put in uh, in disqualifications, even though it says you won via countout. Uh, that's, that's what it's called, a countout. A wrestler is outside the ring, does not come back into the ring for, to break a referee's 10 count. In NJPW, which we covered in the trailer, uh, is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh! Uh, yeah. Not the old
1: James...
0: Uh, Peter White or whatever the hell you said.
1: Patrick White. Um,
0: that's the one. Uh, <laughs> uh, in In New Japan, that count can actually be up to a 20 count. That's a uh, long it, time. Yes, but it's a, they count it a bit quicker than, like, a WWE or AEW or American promotions count to ten, where they'll go the one.
1: Some extended amount of time. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Whereas, like, in New Japan, they'll be like, one, two, three. They'll be a bit quicker with it. It's slightly quicker, and that's usually seen in their championship matches mm. as well. Just so it's like... More is on the line. If they're out there for a bit, they don't want it to be under the same thing. It was like, well, if you're out there for a 10 count, that's that feels like a cheap shot type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to give them a chance to breathe and stuff like that. Uh, the other one that... You, so, we talked about pinfalls and disqualifications. One of the other ways that a match can end is if you make your opponent tap out via submission.
1: Oh, right. Yes. I forgot about that.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you can apply you a move with enough pressure and pain to a body part or parts and your opponent cannot take any more they can tap quickly on the mat in succession and the referee will call for the bell in your uh, in your favor
1: unless of course the referee is not looking because of some heel distracting him
0: whoa 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 you read ahead i did of not the curriculum you read ahead of the curriculum i did not. We're not talking about heels we're not talking about heels this episode
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> that it's for another day. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's LTR 102. That's, that's
1: oh okay. Sorry, like, I'm an advanced that's not, student. That's
0: not. That's not a part of the syllabus. Oh, I'm an overachiever. Um, yes, you are. And I'm <laughs> for it. One other thing, as I mentioned earlier, that you can see in matches, unless it's a no disqualification esque match, like you have your no DQ, uh, no holds barred, false count anywhere, things like that. The rope break. Is one that you were confused about the other day. If an opponent, opponents need to separate if one or both of them are touching the ropes that line the ring. Or if they're underneath the bottom rope as well. The reason being, in most matches, a pinfall or submission has to take place within the ring. And not outside the ring. And that's where the ropes come in. The Uh, rope counts
1: as outside the ring?
0: The ropes are a barrier separating the inside and outside of the ring. And therefore, do not count as either or.
1: Oh, my God. It's like zero. Yes.
0: (sighs) So if a wrestler puts a hand or foot on or under the ropes, their entire body is not within the ring. Therefore, that pinfall or submission cannot count because a part of their body is outside the ring.
1: Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. What if a person was to no longer be conscious while touching the ring? Could they lose?
0: At that point, I would say it's uh, referee discretion. Okay. At that point, it, if it if the referee wants to go via stoppage, they can. Uh, that is entirely up to them. <laughs>
1: Forces the match to continue because he's on the ropes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You got to go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sir, I can't move. You got to keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and like I mentioned before, when a wrestler has a submission move on their opponent and the opponent gets to the ropes and puts like a hand or foot on them, uh, the the offensive wrestler uh, has a count to five to break the hold. So what a lot of heelish wrestlers do, a lot of the bad guy wrestlers, they'll look at the referee while they're holding this move, and the referee will go one, two, three, four, then they break the move. Wow. And like biggest one that does that is Brian Danielson uh, in AEW, where he's a technician specialist, he's a submission specialist. He'll have a like some type of move on a wrestler and they touch the ropes, he'll look at the referee, and then when they get to four, he'll let go and he goes, I have till five. <laughs> he's utilizing the rules set, so he's not breaking rules. He is bending them right before they break.
1: He is a lawful evil.
0: Yeah, that that counts. Yes. I would definitely say he's a lawful evil wrestler, but he's so good. He's like the greatest in the world. He's so good at this job.
1: The grapes?
0: greatest (laughs) he's the grapes in the world he's vegan so i mean
1: oh i didn't know that yeah wow fancy
0: yeah i know in the aforementioned no disqualification matches though uh they do not have to break the hold because it's no disqualification if you can hold that move until forever (laughs) Uh, like even if they touch the ropes it's like it don't matter you're like i can't break the hold uh the referee would be like look i can't break the hold because you're touching the ropes like they're like 'Cause most wrestlers, it's like they're trained. They'll call call it to the ropes, they'll hold it, and then they'll bring themselves outside and the rest are like, I can't count to five. What do you want me to do? I suddenly <laughs> forgot how to count to five. Yeah, yeah. However, if they in these no disqualification matches, if they get to the ropes and everything and they tap outside the ring, it still doesn't count. Because in these no disqualification matches, unless it's a false count anywhere match, the fall still has to happen within the ring. Huh. So you have to make them tap out within the ring. You have to pin them within the ring. Therefore, like, if you like put in a regular no disqualification match, if, they're, if you have them in a submission move outside the ring and they start tapping, referee can't stop the match. That is not something that they're allowed to do.
1: In a in a tap anywhere kind of scenario, could you bring them into the stands and make them tap and then match over in the stands?
0: Yes, that'd be so cool. Mm-hmm. That has happened before with Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks uh, a couple years ago. I request to um, see
1: that that clip.
0: I will sh- I will show you that match. Um, I will write that down on my phone. <laughs> it's good. It's good. This is what the people came for. I'm the people. <laughs> yes, you are. I'll just have to find it because it was on a Raw. It was on a Monday Night Raw, so it's like back scroll. <laughs> All right. So from here, uh, you have, like, the basics of what can happen in almost every match. Okay. Now let's cover some types of wrestling styles. Uh, we're only going to cover, like, a handful to kind of just get your feet wet, foot in the door type stuff.
1: If my feet are wet and in the door, I think your apartment's flooded.
0: It's our apartment.
1: Oh, so. shoot. You're right. That's our apartment. Yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to cover four big types of wrestlers that you'll see in almost every company. B- Number one, bruisers. Uh, These will be fighters, heavy hitters, powerful moves. Uh, they're the ones that throw their opponents all around the ring. Uh, they, It looks like they hit hard and they know how to bring pain through hard hitting moves.
1: Is this like the chop slap thing?
0: Yes, one of the ones that I have listed here is uh Walter or Gunther that does all the the, the choppy chops. Uh, and makes me cringe every time, <laughs> but I love to watch. I can't look away.
1: Was this the guy that was on uh, Impractical Jokers?
0: No, that was MJF.
1: Oh, that did a that did a chop?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, a lot of a lot of wrestlers know how to do the chops, but Gunther or Walter in the independent scene. He was one that is was like known for doing the chops. It's like if you take chops from Walter, you know, you're going to be in a lot of pain the next day, like immediately red chest, maybe even some pop blood vessels. Ow! yes. Great visual. Um, Other ones under this. We mentioned him before. Brock Lesnar Mm -hmm. is under this category. Sheamus is another one. That's the uh, Celtic warrior in WWE. He's the pale Irish guy um not me uh (laughs) but (laughs) uh you also have uh eddie kingston uh who is really good at hitting he he's a bit technical as well and then one that i would put in here as well is bianca belair she's a very hard hitting she knows how to do her moves she's she's seen as a force to be reckoned with she's super
1: uh, impressive
0: yes she is she's very very strong another one that you'll see are cruiserweights These are wrestlers that are officially 205 pounds or less, usually on the male roster, because in a lot of companies, they actually won't announce their female roster weight uh, because of just like they they don't want to be rude.
1: It's respectful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very respectful. But at the same time, you're looking at the guys and it's like, yeah, this guy's 280. This guy's 195. Like that goes back to just how they always announce boxing and everything like that. Which is where they get the term cruiserweight.
1: Does Cassidy fall into this category?
0: I would say yes. I think he's billed under 205.
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, he's weighing whatever.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's the whole thing. Yeah, he's weighing whatever from wherever. So (laughs) when he was under a different gimmick, Orange Cassidy was 161. Okay. So he is technically a cruiserweight, yes. However, uh, the, uh, so again, cruiserweights, 205 or less. Uh, these wrestlers are more than likely to move quicker than others. And then modern versions will do a lot of flippy shit. <laughs> they, they will do a bunch of moves off the ropes. Uh, you'll see this a lot in uh, AAA, which is a Mexican company, as well as CMLL, which is another Mexican company. A lot of Lucha Libre falls under this, which is the Mexican professional wrestling.
1: Was this like the guy that would walk the rope and then do like a front flip off of it?
0: Commandar, yes. Uh he just he just signed with AEW. Dude, actually. he
1: is awesome.
0: He was wonderful. I'm excited to see what he brings to the company. What was that this in this is my first time watching him. What was
1: that in that we were watching that?
0: Uh, he was on the Ring of Honor show mm-hmm. uh, that we were watching, and then he had a couple more matches on AEW, and then uh, it was announced last week that he a- actually signed with the company. So I'm very, very excited to see what he has to offer. Nice. So other big current cruiserweights, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, is one that is still wrestling like every week, which is insane because he was just inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. In AEW, two pillars of the company. They're actually going to be wrestling. uh, As we're recording, they're wrestling tonight. Uh, So we might have to watch that. Um, They're really, really good. uh, And I'm very excited to see that match. (laughs) Third kind of wrestling style that we'll cover are technicians. These are wrestlers that focus on submissions and holds that give pain to opponents. Specifically, like, joint manipulation as well. Shayna Baszler is a big one in WWE. Uh, Ronda Rousey as well, I would put in here. She's kind of a mix of a technician and a bruiser. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian Danielson, as I mentioned before. And one of the best technicians in the world, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I'll try to find some matches of him for you to watch. He is a British guy. He mainly wrestles for New Japan. He is great. He's snobby he's a lot i love him so much <laughs> and the final one that we'll cover for uh today are the giants big meaty hosses of people
1: andre just
0: andre the giant it's in the name uh um,
1: yeah, just, the guy that's like hell hell seven yeah. foot andre no, no 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 you we were watching something you were like this guy is big that's it that's all he's got
0: that would be omas uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's got going for him. He's tall. <laughs> That's it. Um, but, yeah, hell yeah. Just big, meaty wrestlers just pounding meat. I'm not taking that again. Uh, wrestlers.
1: That's with, crazy. I fall into that category.
0: Uh, now I'm cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> so wrestlers with larger stature who hit hard because they are, in fact, big. So, yeah, Andre the Giant, Piper Niven in the wwe outside in the independent circuit when she wrestled over in great britain she was known as viper awesome kong is another one she was a phenomenal uh giant uh in her uh wrestling day she retired a couple years ago um and then another good one that i need to go back and watch more of her matches is bold nakano she was wonderful as well she was a bigger bigger woman that Knew how to hit people.
1: How big do you have to be to be giant?
0: Usually when people say giant, they're going to be at least 6'9". What? Yes.
1: What do you mean 6'9"? Und-
0: the Undertaker was 6'10". Is 6'10". There are tall people.
1: I-, I have such a hard time fathoming this because I think you're super tall and you're like I'm only, 5'11". I'm 5'11.
0: I'm five eleven. You're five one and a quarter.
1: On a on a bad day, apparently I might be five two. I'm not sure.
0: Hey, I know I might have grown.
1: For Don't worry. There's only Wonderful. shrinking in my future. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it just means I get to be picked up and put on more counters.
0: Yes, exactly. And then get closer to see wrestlers. I guess. Just <laughs> look at him. <them. laughs> hook you up. This is my child. <laughs> <laughs> Uppies. yeah so that is all the wrestlers that i wanted to cover like the main groups for now um and those are the main basics that i wanted to cover for today as well do you have any questions for me i
1: think i did a pretty good job of asking them as they came up um Mm -hmm. i i mean no (laughs) not immediately (laughs) um that's all good uh so whenever i'm training someone at work and I say, does that make sense? Do you have any questions? The answer is always, uh-huh. And nope, no questions. And it's because you don't know what to ask. Okay.
0: And that's okay. This is the start of something new. Uh, not a high school musical thing. But we can <laughs> we can work on it. If you, I, I, I will answer anything that comes up. If you just have a random question throughout, that's totally fine. Um, but in the meantime... Uh, if you do have anything that you want us to cover, just please tell me. I have a couple ideas, uh, that I'm starting to write notes for, (laughs) and I have a whole outline of things that we can cover and we can go from there.
1: I feel like I have so many random questions and they're just all kind of floating around right now. I'll definitely let you know if I think of anything between now and our next recording session.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. And I think with that, that does it for our first episode of LTR. And if you there, lovely listeners, have a topic you would like us to cover in the world of wrestling, you can message us at learntheropespod at gmail.com and follow us on our social media. Right now, we only have a Twitter page at podltr. And we will be making a Facebook page as well, just in case you want to follow us on there. But yeah, no, this was a blast.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to learn more.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited to teach. So until next time, I've been Baney. I'm still Julia. Yes, you are. And we'll catch you on the ropes next time.